0: Repodcasting is part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try for Repodcasting. Hello and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia. And I'm Janet. Janet, how are you doing?
1: Good. How are you, Lucia? I can see
0: you. Yay! We've stepped into the future with technology. This is very exciting. Uh, We still can't do any visual bits because it's a podcast, but at least we can see one another. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. And... I am going to go ahead and disclose uh, that this is the second time we are recording this episode because with the new technology comes some growing pains and uh, I didn't record Janet's audio yesterday. So I could put out an episode of just me and then silence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because we're recording this for
1: everyone who's listening. We're recording this on Zoom which
0: hopefully will improve the sound
1: quality of our podcast.
0: Yay. Yeah, so if uh, we don't sound surprised when maybe we should, it's because we've probably already spoken about this. Oh, I'm going to surprise you, Lucia. Don't you worry. Okay, well, I love it. So uh, this month we are recasting the 2013 movie The Spectacular Now, starring Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley. And I chose this one because I saw it way back, probably around like 2014, and it felt like the kind of movie that I would like and that I should like, but I just, I couldn't like it because I'm not a big fan of Miles Teller, and not just that I'm not a fan of his, he was all wrong in this role in my opinion, and it really took me out of the movie, and I didn't buy him as the character, and it just frustrated me, and so I ended up not liking it when I feel like I could have liked it if someone else was in the lead
1: yeah i agree i don't like either one of the leads either so i was happy to
0: recast them okay so the box office stats for this
1: yes so the budget for this movie was 2.5 million and the box office was about 7 million so
0: it did pretty well yeah i mean it's funny because a lot of the movies that we recast you know now that we've been talking about, i don't usually look up budgets of movies but since we've been doing this i do it more and 2.5 million sounds so low now yeah that's true for sure but i mean commercially mm-hmm. i think it did
1: well and critically it certainly did very well um it was definitely critically lauded i had a hard time finding any negative reviews. I did find a couple, but for the most part, everything was very positive.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was impressed at how much critics liked it. Okay, so uh, I wrote up a little synopsis for it. High school senior Sutter Keeley struggles with alcoholism as he attempts to live only in the moment and avoid growing up. Things begin to change when he meets his polar opposite, Amy Finicky, and they fall for each other. So, yeah, I really like coming of age stories and especially indie versions of that. And so this was right in my wheelhouse. I really loved I think these all came out around that same time. I really loved a movie called The Kings of Summer. There was The Way Way Back, like all these movies about teens growing up. I mean, these ones are all about boys. Uh, I probably would have loved to seen more about young women growing up, too. But yeah, like this one just... It should have been better, in my opinion. So, before we go into the recasting, let's go with our first ad break. Repodcasting is brought to you by Pod Power. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to What's the Cheese Miss, a new podcast with an inside look on Pilipinex identity in the diaspora miss is the Tagalog word for gossip. Subscribe to hear weekly episodes about disappointing your parents, breaking it to your friends that you're not Italian, trying to figure out why you punched a car, and much, much more. What's the miss is produced by CJSR, Edmonton's campus and community radio station. Download it wherever you find podcasts and on what's the FM. That's T-S-I-S-M-I-S. And now back to the show. So Janet, I guess since I picked this, I can start off with the recasting and um, I'll start with Miles Teller. His character was Sutter Keeley. Miles Teller was a bit old (laughs) for this role. He was 26 and he's playing like a probably like 17 or 18 year old. The age didn't bother me that much. I didn't think he looked super old. In fact, the person I picked is the same age as him, but I think they look younger and I think they could have passed for a high schooler a little bit better. So um, I went with Michael B. Jordan, of course, from Black Panther, Fruitvale Station, Creed. One thing that really bugged me about the way Miles Teller played Sutter is that he played him really arrogant and obnoxious. And I am not convinced that that's what the character is supposed to be. I've never read the book that the movie is based on, but I did kind of look into it a little bit and read up on it a bit. And also at the end of the movie, when Sutter is having like kind of a breakdown and he's crying with his mom and his mom is like, everybody loves you. You have such a big heart. And I didn't get that from Miles Teller's performance. I guess I'm getting it because his mom is saying so, but you know, I didn't see that in him. And I really feel like Michael Jordan could have played that aspect of his character a lot better. So yeah, I don't know. I don't wanna see, like he's popular, the character, but I get the impression that he's also supposed to be like nice and sweet. And, you know, yeah, he lives in the moment, which ends up meaning that he kind of tramples on people's feelings sometimes, whether he means to or not. But yeah, like I I just wanted to see a little more charisma and a little more of the lovable quality that I think Sutter should have. Right, right. Okay. So, yeah, that's it.
1: Should I do mine? Yeah. Or do you want to do you want to do your your recast for Shailene Woodley?
0: No, you can go on to Sutter. No.
1: Okay, so I agree with you. Like, I thought that Miles Teller looked too old for this role as well. I'm not a fan of his. I just think he has no charm whatsoever. He's very rough around the edges. I don't think he's especially talented. I think he is overrated. As far as the character of Sutter goes, I disagree with you. Like, he is described as, like, this charming party guy. uh, But I get the sense that he is supposed to be obnoxious. I have not read the source material, so I don't know how the character is written in the book but I did a little bit of research as well and I found that, you know, he does tend to be kind of a loud, obnoxious, like party person. So I don't know, maybe that is the way the character is supposed to be portrayed to us. Anyway, I went with someone who I thought would look a little more age appropriate for the role And I wanted someone who definitely exuded more charisma, right? More sort of swagger and maybe somebody who is a little more likable because I think that's part of the problem with Miles Teller is that he doesn't make the character likable at all or at least I didn't like him anyway. (laughs) So uh, I went with Aaron Taylor Johnson and... For anyone who doesn't know, he, Aaron Taylor Johnson looks young for starters. Like he is a young looking actor. He is a little bit younger than Miles Teller. He would have been about 23 years old at the time that they filmed *The spectacular now. So I think he would have been more age appropriate. He would have looked more of the part for people who don't know his name. He was kick-ass. I feel like a lot of people have seen that movie. He's been in the Avengers movies. He plays Quicksilver. Yeah, so I mean, most people will probably know him from there. But you know, the one role that really stands out for me, Where I sort of really took notice of Aaron Taylor Johnson was when I saw him in Nocturnal Animals. And he played opposite Jake Gyllenhaal and he stole the show from Jake Gyllenhaal. And you know what? That is hard to do. Have you seen that movie, Lucia?
0: I haven't. You should watch I've seen clips and it makes me nervous. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It will. (laughs) It's a nerve-wracking movie for sure. But that's where I really
1: was like, wow, the power of Aaron Taylor Johnson is real because he definitely stole the show from Jake Gyllenhaal and that is not an easy feat by any means. But I really think he could have captured the essence of Sutter and I feel like he would have made him more likable and he would have perhaps been a little bit more charming and I just think overall he's definitely a better actor as well.
0: Right yeah one thing that was bugging me during the movie was so I actually okay so I'm going to tell the full story so to me Miles Teller's a Philadelphia accent was coming through like crazy and I was like oh okay I guess this is supposed to take place in in Philadelphia and he's doing an accent and I started looking into it and no not at all this movie takes place in Athens Georgia but Miles Teller is from Pennsylvania and I guess he just I don't know wasn't asked to do an accent didn't want to I'm not sure couldn't whatever it is but it was something that for me personally like it was distracting So, yeah, that really bugged me. And he really does come across like I've never seen him in interviews. And of course, I don't know him, but I think that he seems to me to be that kind of arrogant, obnoxious person in real life. And it is definitely what he plays in everything I've seen him in and also i read a story about when they were preparing to film this the director had a lunch to have shailene woodley and miles teller meet and Miles Teller showed up really late because he had been out in Vegas the night before partying with friends, and Shailene Woodley was really quiet and reserved and shy, and you know, so it almost seems like both of them were playing versions of themselves, their true selves in this movie, and yeah, like the director was actually pretty worried at that lunch that they weren't going to get along, but they they ended up becoming friends afterwards, which is really nice. They're still friends to this day. But yeah, so talking about uh, Shailene Woodley, I liked her in this. I do like her in general. I I think pretty much everything I've seen her in, I think she's good. She played Amy Finnicky. and she plays, you know, a shy, studious, uh, responsible person. So in my recasting, the first person that I thought of was Elliot Page, who at that time was Ellen Page and would have been 26, the same age as uh, Michael B. Jordan and Miles Teller. And, you know, at that time, they had been in a lot of things. They were already like a seasoned actor, really talented. They had already shown what they can do. And I also think that they would be really good at playing that character really subtly where it's like it is a shy person, it is somebody who is okay to kind of be in the shadows, but still bring life to her um, so that she's not just like some boring character who, you know, you don't really care about. Like, I think you would care about them. So... The, oh, and then I had a second choice for this one as well. And my second choice is Zoe Kravitz, who was a year younger than them, than the rest of the people I just mentioned. Um, she's, of course, from Big Little Lies and Divergent and Mad Max Fury Road. And I think she also could play very well like that reserved person. Because one, one thing that I liked about that character is that they're young but not What's the word? Not immature. They're really mature. They're really responsible. Like they're, they're very, you know, caring and kind. And I don't know, I really think that Zoe Kravitz could play that with a lot of grace.
1: Right. I disagree with you in terms of Shailene Woodley like I'm not a fan of hers so Mm -hmm. like I think I had mentioned this to you before that I never watched this movie specifically because of the leads like I very much tend to watch movies based on who's the cast who's in it right Mm -hmm. that's usually the first thing that attracts me to a movie so I never would have watched this because I don't like either Miles Teller or Shailene Woodley. Shailene Woodley to me is very monochrome. Hmm. Everything I see her in, she seems to play the exact same way. It's always like, it's not necessarily the same character, but she plays these characters the same way. And I think she's also overrated as well. Hmm. I don't drink that Kool-Aid when it comes to her. I don't get, yeah, I don't get why people seem to lose their shit over Shailene Woodley because I don't think she's especially talented. I don't see sort of the talent that other people seem to see in her. So the way my perception of Amy was, I mean, she's, you know, she's very earnest, right? But she's kind of like she's portrayed as like a geeky sort of character, right? She's a geeky girl. Mm -hmm. She's kind of naive. She's a bit socially awkward, right? So I also, like, I don't know. I just didn't think that Shailene Woodley did a very good job at imbuing those qualities with anything. Like, I don't think she brought it to the table. So I went with Haley Steinfeld. Okay. Do you know who
0: she is? Haley Steinfeld? Yeah. So she's a bit younger. She's from Edge of 17, right? Yes. So she would have been 17
1: at the time. So she definitely would have been age appropriate. I think as an actor, I just like her better. Wow. Definitely. I think she would get that essence of Amy Mm -hmm. because of just other work that I've seen her do, like in Pitch Perfect 2, she plays Emily and she's like a nerd. She's kind of nerdy (laughs) and like, she's a bit socially awkward. And then also same thing in Edge of 17, right? So I feel like I've seen her do that and I've seen her do it really well. And I think she mm-hmm. would have been a really good Amy. And like also, I always try to keep in mind, you know, my leads and chemistry. I mean, you know, we don't know chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. When we're recasting, we have no idea how these people would play off one another. Yeah. But they would certainly look gorgeous together <laughs> on screen. <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson, who always looks gorgeous, and Haley Steinfeld. Beautiful on screen together. So if nothing else, they would be super visually appealing to the audience. And yeah, yeah. I just, I really like her. I think she could have captured that essence of Amy a little bit better than than I thought Shailene Woodley did.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good pick. The Edge of Seventeen is as good of a movie as it is because of her, a hundred percent. So yeah.
1: Oh yeah, she like in my opinion, she can carry a movie
0: hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah, well, oh, I wanted to mention that the writers of this screenplay also wrote one of my favorite movies, 500 Days of Summer. It's Michael H. Weber and Scott Neustadter, and they have quite a pedigree. They also wrote The Fault in Our Stars starring Shailene Woodley and Paper Towns and The Disaster Artist. So they've had a lot of big book to screen adaptations. Oh, and I also found a couple of alternative casting, um, people who were considered or offered roles at different points. So for Amy, Sir Ronan was at one point offered the role. Uh, I'm not sure why it didn't work out, but I think she would have also done a great job. I mean, I think she's always good, right? So, And then for Sutter, Nicholas Holt was considered at a certain point as well as Thomas McDonnell, who, again, I forgot to look up what he's been in. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know who he is. The name doesn't sound familiar to me either. Yeah, me neither, not at all. Um, And then the last thing I wanted to mention about this is that this screenplay was in the 2009 blacklist, which uh, I think I've mentioned the blacklist on repodcasting before. It's kind of like a list of most liked unmade scripts that are floating around Hollywood. So, yeah, in 2009, this ended up on that list and it still took four years before it was able to get made. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I feel like we're racing through because we already did this. So the way that the movie ended was different from the book. The book had, like, a much darker ending where Sutter tells Amy, okay, I'll meet you in Philadelphia. So she goes without him, and then he blocks her email address and deletes her phone number from his phone and and tells the reader, like, you know, essentially, I'm not going to contact her ever again. And I guess he's doing it for her own good. And then it ends with him Drunk and walking down the street with a cut finger from a beer bottle, which, like, he's probably an 18-year-old at this point. Like, to me, this is a really sad, dark ending. And so I guess they didn't really want to do that for the movie.
1: No, it's Hollywood, Lucia. You can't have an ending Mm -hmm. like that.
0: Yeah. But this doesn't have a Hollywood ending either. Like, I like that it's really open-ended. You can decide for yourself if you think that she's going to tell him off or speak to him or get back together with him. It's left super, super open-ended with him kind of showing some vulnerability and going to her. And then we don't know what she decides. Maybe they'll do a sequel. (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) 10 years later. (laughs) Spectacular now. Again.
1: Spectacular now, Tokyo Drift. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes, (laughs) Philadelphia Drift. (laughs) Okay, so the ratings for this movie on IMDb, it had an eighty-two percent from forty-two critics, and on Rotten Tomatoes, it had a ninety-one percent from one hundred and seventy reviewers. So yeah, like you were saying, it's really well liked by critics.
1: Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, lead characters or sorry, lead actors aside, I should say, did you like the movie?
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm always up for, you know, a good coming of age story. Absolutely. I just didn't like the leads. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the actual story,
0: it was engaging enough for sure. Okay. I was just curious. Okay. So we will take our second break before moving on to our favorite and final segment. This episode of Repodcasting is brought to you by the Calgary Foundation, proudly supporting community needs for 65 years. Empathy, kindness, generosity. We are united in our desire to give, to inspire hope and transform the lives of people who are struggling in turbulent times, and the Calgary Foundation is here to help. From mental health programs to environmental causes, the Community Knowledge Centre website features profiles of charitable organizations, all searchable by area of interest. Be inspired by compelling stories. Be informed of innovative work. Be responsive to the needs. To connect to hundreds of outstanding charitable organizations serving our community, visit ckc.calgaryfoundation.org. And to learn more about the Calgary Foundation, visit calgaryfoundation.org. And now back to the show. So now it is time for. It is time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. And for me, for this time around, I actually had two choices for Tony, where I'd like to see Tony Danza. Uh, I think this is the first time that I've done that. And the first one is the character of Dan, played by Bob Odenkirk. He was the shop owner where the shop where Sutter works. I love Bob Odenkirk. I was really happy to see him in this. And I liked that that character was sort of a father figure to Sutter. You know, he definitely, he liked him as an employee, but he also like, I think he cares about him. (laughs) You know, you don't see him too much, but you do get that impression and you do get the impression that he wants Sutter to kind of, I don't want to say fix his life. That sounds harsh, but like he wants him to do better. (laughs) So yeah, so of course, you know, Tony Danza would be a great father figure and then the second character is Mr. Astor played by Andre Royo who was the teacher that is also clearly trying to help Sutter and trying to get through to him and you know trying to get him to get his act together and grow up a little bit Um, so yeah and we know that in real life Tony Danza has been a high school teacher so I could definitely see him in that role too.
1: Yeah, yeah. You went with the the more like the more gentler roles <laughs> in terms of recasting yeah. Tony into the movie or casting him into the movie. I uh, cast Tony as Sutter's dirtbag dad, Ooh. Tommy, what's his name? Tommy Keeley? Yeah. I think it was Tommy Keeley, right? Right. Troubled dad. You know, I always tend to cast Tony into like the heroic roles or the good guy roles or the sexy guy (laughs) roles, right? Mm -hmm. And so I thought, oh, this time I'm gonna cast him as a (laughs) dirtbag and like have him play against type and really flex his his (laughs) acting muscles.
0: Yeah, this would be super against type. Oh my gosh, that dad is (laughs) dirtbag central. (laughs) He's a dirtbag dad. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Poor Miles Teller. Poor Sutter Keeley, I mean. (laughs) Well, that would be interesting for sure to see Tony Danza in that role. And, you know, I think he could do it well.
1: Listen, Tony can do anything, okay? Of course. We've proven this over all these episodes, all these roles that we have cast Tony in. Tony is the most versatile actor on the planet, as far as you and I are concerned. Okay, we should be his agents. We should be representing Tony Danza in terms of talent because he'd be working way more than he is. Oh man. I can tell you that. I would be earning my money for Tony.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, how about this? You be his agent and I'll be a casting director and we'll get him in everything. Yeah, for sure. I would definitely get him into everything. (laughs) Well, fantastic. I think that does it for The Spectacular now. And I would say that we both improved the movie by far. (laughs) Most definitely. Like... (laughs) Anybody
1: is almost an improvement over those two leaden
0: weights. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's nowhere to go but up. Yeah, like <laughs>
1: let's just be super blunt, okay? <laughs> they are both dead weight as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. Just the lack of chemistry, the lack of charisma. Like we we were able to kill it. So um, if you have any movies that you think we should be recasting, you can send those to repodcasting at com. Also, if you have any suggestions for actors we should have cast in uh, any of our previous episodes, that'd be fun. And you can also find us on all the social media outlets at repodcasting. So Janet, you have picked our movie for next month. Is that right?
1: Yes, so Lucia and our listeners, I have a new challenge for you for our September episode. I have selected the 2018 movie Venom. Yes. Uh, so this is yes. like, it's it's a superhero, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. I call all these movies superhero movies, even <laughs> though Venom is, I guess, not a superhero. Um. So 2018 movie Venom starring Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams. And those are the two actors that we are casting out of there. We will be recasting. So Lucia and anybody who's listening, please watch Venom and recast along with us. And uh, it's on Netflix. It's pretty easily available. Or it's also on Amazon Prime Hmm. for people who have that.
0: Perfect. Well... I am not looking forward to watching it, but let's see how this goes.
1: <laughs> you know what? It's actually, I don't know. I mean, other than those two, which, you know, when I went to see it, they were my sort of biggest issue in the movie. I thought that they were just really miscast. Mm-hmm. But it's actually a fun movie. And you know what, Lucia? It did really well. Like, you're going to be surprised by the box office numbers because (laughs) it did not tank
0: at the box office. And they're actually working on a sequel to it, so. Right. Well, that's fair. But I'll say this. Batman versus Superman made a ton of money as well. (laughs) So that's not. Oh, that was that. Yeah, that shitty one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't think that's automatically an indicator that it's good, but I will go in with an open mind.
1: Excellent. Yes.
0: Okay. well, as always, thank you for joining me, Janet. Thanks. Bye. Bye.